Well, if you have your Bibles with you, and I hope you do, and of course, uh, if you're watching online, that means you can uh, either look it up online or you can go grab a Bible. Uh, but Luke chapter 12, Luke chapter 12 is where we're going to be. This is a, uh, it's a great parable that we're going to be looking at today. And uh, this summer, we have been going through selected parables of Jesus. Now, there's two things that are really important for us before we jump into the heart of the message. Uh, two things for us to, to remember. One is, what is the definition of a parable? Uh, we've given it this definition. This was one that was actually from uh, one of my seminary professors, Dr. Elmer Towns. Uh, Dr. Elmer Towns shared this with us in seminary. Uh, he said, a parable is an earthly story with a heavenly truth. An earthly story with a heavenly truth. Now, what exactly did he mean by that? Well, a parable, if you remember in math class, uh, the word parabola, the idea uh, of a curved plane where one side mirrored the other. Uh, that's the concept. That's the idea of a parable. When Jesus is sharing a parable, he is telling an earthly story, something that we're familiar with, but it is mirrored on the other side with a heavenly truth. He's giving us some insight into the kingdom of God. He is giving us something to understand about God's perspective. Now, if we're not careful, what we'll end up doing is we'll see the earthly story and we'll see a surface meaning and we'll seek no more. We'll just see the earthly story and we'll think that's all there is to it. As a result, we miss the spiritual meaning. And that's really what the Bible is talking about when it says hearing they do not hear. They heard the parable, but they didn't understand it. Why? Because they were just focused on the earthly story and missed the heavenly truth. Same thing when they see, uh, but they don't understand. Uh, seeing, they do not see. Hearing, they do not hear. They could see the miracles that Jesus performed, but they didn't see or understand what its purpose was. Jesus always is mirroring whatever earthly thing he's doing, whether it's sharing a parable, it's a story, an earthly story, or even if he's performing a miracle, it has a mirrored heavenly perspective. Now today we're going to be looking at the parable of the rich fool found in Luke chapter 12. And before we jump into that parable, there's one more thing for us to consider. I want to set the scene for you. I want you to consider uh, kind of what was taking place. Have you ever been in a conversation with a group of people? where the conversation was just really serious and at, out of nowhere uh, someone says something that has nothing to do with the conversation and in fact not only does it have nothing to do with the conversation but it it ruins the gravity of the moment i mean for example you're talking about world peace you're talking about something just really serious as a group and then there's one guy over in the corner that, you know, hey, I, uh, I wish I had a burrito, you know, that type of thing. Does anyone else want a burrito? Uh, you look at the guy like, what in the world is going on? That's the context of Luke 12. You got serious conversation, and then you got this, hey, I wish I had a burrito guy. Uh, so think about this. There's so many people, so many people that they couldn't even count how many there were. They were talking, the gravity of the moment, they were talking about things like how to deal with hypocrisy. They were talking about the fear of God and they were teaching about hell and, 
and confession of Christ and blasphemy of the Holy Spirit and what is the unpardonable sin. I mean, those are the topics. Those are the things that they're talking about. So you, you, get, the, you get the gravity of the moment. You get this idea of, of this conversation was in depth. Then comes the burrito moment. So let's look, Luke chapter 12. We're going to pick up at verse 13. Here it is. Then one from the crowd said to him, saying this to Jesus, Teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Do you, do you see it? Do you see that burrito moment? You know, it's like, what in the world are you talking about? In fact, when I, re when I read that, when I see teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. I just wonder how many parents, how many teachers can identify with that? I mean, this is that moment, right? Where uh, I know as a pastor, I relate to this. I'm looking at this and going, what in the world? Especially as a youth pastor in those years, when I worked with teenagers, uh, I had plenty of those burrito moments where you have this serious conversation and somebody pipes up with, I wish I had a burrito. So you're preaching the gospel and someone says, you know, I don't like the color of the new carpet in the chapel. Or I don't like this about the church or I don't like this or I wish this. And that's the gravity of the moment. Jesus and, and the disciples and all of these people are gathered together. And then you have this one guy, this one guy that pops up from the crowd, one from the crowd and says, teacher, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, here's what I want you to notice. As we unpack the, the following verses, Jesus has four different um, responses. Uh, maybe, maybe different's not the right word. He has four responses to different people uh, that, that they work together. But he has four responses to four different people. So let's pick back up. Let's look. Luke chapter 12, verses 14 and 15. But he, that's Jesus, said to him, that's the man that spoke up with the, uh, the moment, uh, with the burrito comment, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? And he said to them, take heed and beware of covetousness, for one's life does not consist in the abundance of of the things he possesses. So we know that there is more to this parable than uh, business practices and financial management. Uh, it, it, it's more than just a uh, get rich quick plan or anything like that. It's, it, it, it's more than just a, hey, I want my share of the money. Uh, Jesus always looks to the heart of the issue. He looks to, what is, the, what is motivating this person? So here's what I want us to do. Let me give you key point number one, and then we're going to unpack it. Key point number one this morning is this. A Christian life that is focused on the temporal is a distraction from the gospel. A Christian life that is focused on the temporal is a distraction from the gospel. So the answer 
is actually found in Jesus' teaching to his disciples. Now, here's what I want you to notice. When Jesus responded, it said he said to him, man who made me judge or arbitrator over you. Verse 15, then he said to them, plural. So at this point, he shifts focus. He, first, he's speaking to the individual. Now he's speaking to the larger group. Then later, we're going to see that he speaks to a third group. He's going to speak just to the disciples. And then there's still yet a fourth group. And we'll, we'll unpack that when we get there. But let's look. Luke chapter 12. Let's pick back up verse 22. Then he said to his disciples, Therefore I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat, nor about your body, what you will put on. Life is more than food, and the body is more than clothing. Consider the ravens, for they neither sow nor reap, which have neither storehouse nor barn, and God feeds them. Of how much more value are you than the birds? And which of you, by worrying, can add one cubit to his stature? And if you're not able to do the least, why are you anxious for the rest? Consider the lilies, how they grow. They neither toil nor spin, and yet I say to you, even Solomon in all his glory was not arrayed like one of these. If then God so clothes the grass, which today is in the field and tomorrow is thrown into the oven, how much more will he clothe you, O you of little faith? And do not seek what you should eat or what you should drink, nor have an anxious mind, for all these things the nations of the world seek, and your Father knows that you need these things. But seek the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added to you. Now, the word that's translated here as anxious or worry in Luke 12, 22, it means to be torn apart. Uh, he's saying, <laughs> don't be worried about burritos. Don't be worried about things that, that ultimately don't matter. Now, when this man from the crowd blurted out his statement, he was more focused on his own interest. I want you to notice that he doesn't ask Jesus a question. His statement has nothing to do with what was being discussed, has nothing to do with what Jesus was teaching. His concern is a complete distraction from the gospel. He says, tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. And Jesus responds to him, man, who made me a judge or an arbitrator over you? Jesus could have said it this way. Why do you think that you have authority to tell me what to do? I mean, you're, you, you are, you're not asking a question. You're not contributing to the conversation. You just blurt out a statement. And not only that, it's a, it's a command of telling me to do something. Why do you think that you have the authority to tell me what to do? Here's the thing. We get into trouble when we think that we can just tell God what to do. We get into trouble if we think we can just say, hey, God, Here's what you need to be doing. If our, we approach our prayers that way, if we approach our life that way, and we just think we can just tell God what to do, if you think that it's your role to tell God how to run things, then your focus is a distraction from the gospel. Every now and then, Cheryl and I will be uh, talking, 
I might be working on my laptop and she'll say something like this. She'll say, can, can you put that away? And I'll respond, go ahead, I'm listening. And she's going to say, no, I, I want your undivided attention. Uh, this is so important, church. I want you to hear this. Jesus wants your undivided attention. If he has your undivided attention, then you won't be talking about burritos and the color of the carpet and uh, this or that or things that you don't like uh, that's going on in a church or you know this or that that's going on in the world. When we focus on the temporal, our mind is distracted from the gospel. There are so many things that can distract us. But if we're focusing on things that are temporary, those things distract us and prevent us from being focused on the gospel itself.